of St. Luke in the first chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called Son of God. And now you're relative Elizabeth here in her old age has also conceived a son and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren for nothing will be impossible with God then Mary said here am I the servant of the Lord let it be with me according to your word and then the angel departed from her the gospel of the Lord Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Okay, and I'm going to tell you the rest of the story, but we've got some folks here this morning who don't know the first part I gave you last week, or I can't assume they know it. So I'm going to give you a quick Reader's Digest of that. You'll remember I mentioned there were two boys in school. They're 11 years old, and they're vying to be first at everything going on. And the problem is, one of them really, really wants to be Joseph in the play that they're putting on at the school. And he doesn't get picked. Instead, he gets to be the innkeeper. And the guy who always seems to be first, who always seems to win, he gets to be Joseph. And you remember what I said was they got to the time of the play and they got to that point where Mary and Joseph walk in and he said this famous line, sure, come on in, there's lots of room. Which doesn't work. At least not according to what we have in the Bible. There's a pause. And the play's director is starting to sweat because you don't want to have this happen. Should be next line, next line. Go ahead, fill it in. In that pause, wisdom walks in the door. And it directly relates to this lesson. 
Because what happens is Mary turns to the audience, looks around and says, nah, this room's a dump. Let's go sleep in the stable. <laughs> Wisdom. Wisdom. Now, I stand in awe of this text because you see the wisdom of God and you see the wisdom of women. Because we know this story. We know that Mary went to visit Elizabeth. They spent three months together. No problems, no troubles, nothing going on. Now, if I look at it, I'm kind of standing over here by the other narrator with Lego. Are you kidding me? You have a woman who's way past the years of childbearing. And all of a sudden, Elizabeth's pregnant. She's been asking the Lord for years. Years, I want a child. In the meantime, you have this woman who's barely old enough to think about being married whose name is Mary, and now she's pregnant. This makes absolutely no sense, or as Lego would like to say, impossible. And God goes, no, 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 watch. This is what I'm going to do. Now, like most parents, I'm certain that these women and the men with them are like all of us when we have our first child. You have no idea what you're getting into. None whatsoever. And it unfolds as you go along. You'll notice that God gives out the same instruction manual with kids that you get with being married. There isn't one. God goes, no, just go do it. I'll help you along the way. I'll send you people to help, but just go do it. That's where we are. And that's what these people are about. Just doing it. And there are going to be huge consequences. Because the other part is these two women have no idea who these children of theirs, these boys of theirs are. For Elizabeth and Zechariah, you have John the Baptist. For Mary and Joseph, you have Jesus. They have no idea what's going to come. None whatsoever. And yet you'll notice, dear friend, and I point this out to you, that the situation is exactly the same now as it was then. These people have no health care. They've got no hospitals. They've got no doctors. There's not even a midwife hanging around. And they certainly have in their situations, one of the chief factors that's lacking that just amazes me, and I stand in awe of this, these women are giving birth without family. You always want to have family around when you bear children. It's a major event in the family. And they don't have that because it's decreed that it won't happen. I sit and ponder all these things, knowing what's coming up tonight, knowing that we're going to celebrate a birthday tonight, knowing that tonight 
is a major event in the world, and there will be none other like it. Unfortunately, things have not changed. There are many women who are pregnant, who are giving birth in similar circumstances as this in Gaza today. There are many women who do not have proper health care who do not have proper people to attend. It hasn't changed. And the Lord says, I'm there. I'm there in the middle of it. I'm there at the beginning, in the middle, at the end. I'm there. So what we need to do, dear friends, is as we come to later today, no matter when it is, whether it's 4 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 8 o'clock, midnight, in some cases, is to stand here and take a moment and ponder what is going on. And note this, that God does not follow the rules. God says, I'll make different rules if it fits, if it fits in my game plan. Take a moment today and ponder all this before all the excitement of this evening gets rolling. Amen.